Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hallelujah. Go ahead and open your Bible to Luke chapter 2. We're going to get in the Word of God. You ready this morning? Going to be brief, but I think this is going to be helpful. Uh, just to kind of get you up to speed of where we're at in the story here, uh, Jesus had been born to Mary and Joseph, and it was their heart to fulfill the law by bringing Jesus to the temple to offer the offering that was required. And so we're going to pick up the story here in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25. And the Bible says, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you're letting your bondservant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and as a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phenuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband for seven years after marriage. And then, as a widow to the age of 84, she did not leave the temple ground, serving night and day with fasts and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak about Him to all those who were looking forward to re the redemption of Jerusalem. And when His parents had completed everything in accordance with the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, of Nazareth. Now the child continued to grow and to become strong, increasing in wisdom, and favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. You know, at the end of the year, I, I like to give a word of encouragement so that we can close out the year well, so we can move into what God has for us without encumbrance. In today's scripture, Jesus is being presented in the temple, but we see a lot more than that. And I'd like to draw our attention to just a few things so that we can move into 2024 well. Now, next week will be the first Sunday of the year, and I have been praying into 2024, believing God had a word for me specifically and for us as a house generally as we move into the year. So I would encourage you, before I get into the Word right now, before you get distracted or before things may become and choke out the Word, I want to encourage you 
Come to church this next Sunday. Be present in the house of God. Be ready to come and pray Sunday night because I am going to share a word about where I feel like God is taking us Sunday morning. And I want us to pray into that Sunday night. Amen? Type amen in the chat if you're in agreement with that word. Even if you're not, by faith, put an amen in the chat. Give a thumbs up, give a praise, whatever you got. We read about a man named Simeon who had the Holy Ghost on him. And God in him told him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And so Simeon was able to live in the temple, in the presence of God, waiting for the Lord's anointed to show up. When he saw Jesus, his spirit confirmed that God's word was true. Likewise, we see a woman, a prophetess, named Anna. Anna, of course, was likewise assured that she would see the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who came to fulfill the promise of God, the one who came to set us free from being lorded over by the enemy. And, and as we close out this year, 2023, there, there's some lessons to help us in this story end 2023 well. We want to go into 2024 with purpose. I have decided in my life that I'm going to end seasons well and begin new seasons on purpose. Again, next week, I'm going to share. I'm going to look forward. I'm going to prophesy. We are going to come together behind purpose. But here on the last day of 2023, let's set in our heart to finish well, shall we? I found that many of us are great at starting new relationships really well. We're not so great at ending old relationships well. Uh, we're great at new seasons, great at starting new seasons. We love new seasons. We're not so good at getting the clothes from last season and putting it away, getting the memories from the last season and putting them where they need to be. We love to dream about what God is calling us to in the future, about where God might be taking us, about what may be happening down the road. We're not so great at looking at where we've been and tidying up those seasons. It's been my experience that people get to their spiritual destination because they know where they've been. I would say that many Christians have no idea where they are in God's roadmap. They don't necessarily know what's coming and they can't really articulate what God has done. They're just simply hoping that they get to where God has them with no real plan, vision, or map on how to get there. We can't find directions to where we're going if we don't know where we're at right now. If you ever call somebody and say, hey, I'm coming to your house, can you tell me how to get there? The first question they're going to ask you is, well, where are you right now? And this is a question that we have been asking for the church, for the body of Christ, for Revival Life Church, for me individually, for a season now. Where am I right now? Over and over again, the Bible challenges us to ask this question about ourselves, about our surrounding, about our people. Where are you 
right now. As a matter of fact, we can't even get saved without knowing where we are spiritually. If we're going to appropriate salvation, if we're going to let salvation come into our lives, be washed free of our sin, be knitted into God's plan, we first have to understand, listen, I'm away from God. I have not received Christ as my Savior. I don't hear His voice. I'm not growing in my relationship. I don't see His purpose unfolding in my life. I'm not getting greater power over sin. I'm not becoming more like Christ. We have to first recognize that I am a sinner. I've come short of God's glory. I've come short of His purpose. I've done things that I knew were wrong, and I recognize that that has separated me from God. And I make a choice. I am going to now look at my past, recognize that I'm away from God, and I need His salvific work to come into my life and make me a Christ follower. Only I can choose to walk into that purpose and walk into that plan. And it's only through this looking back and recognizing that we've come short of God's best that we can even come into the household of God. Simeon and Anna, they're examples for us. They're in this Christmas story as examples that it is actually possible to have such a clarity of God's purpose in your life that you could be like Anna. The Bible said that she was in her 80s. That means that over 50 years she had waited to hear the fulfillment of God's word in her life. How well do you have to know the voice of Holy Spirit to wait 50 years for that promise to come to pass? I, I, I have known people who've walked away from God because a word didn't come to pass in a year or 18 months. Or maybe they got a prophetic word and they thought something was going to happen and someone gave them the timing and it didn't happen. And they just fall away. No, no, no. It is possible to hear God in a way that we can withhold all the attacks of the enemy, withstand all the barrage of the doubters, all those who don't know God, who don't understand his plans and his purposes, that we can be so locked in on God's purpose for our life. Everything around us may look like the opposite, yet we keep standing because we know God's word over our lives. This is what we're called to in this new year. This is what we are called to do at the end of one season, at the beginning of another, to be able to lock in on what God is speaking to us in this season and hold on for God's promises. And what I want to do first is, in order to walk us into the next season, I want you to join me in my office as we look at how to kind of wrap up the last season. All right? Come with me. Let's go. In the next few minutes, we're going to talk about three areas of our lives. We're going to talk about our private life in our study, our lobby life where we meet people, and we're going to talk about our corporate life where we worship Jesus. And so let's start with talking about our private study life. For those who've never been here, welcome to my office. It's in here that I study the word, that I write the messages, that speaks to me that I work, work of ministry at Revival Life Church. And this I want to be symbolic in our message today. I want you to think of this office as your private life with Jesus. This is 
your secret place where you take care of your private relationship with God. There's an interesting story in the book of Exodus. Moses, of course, was leading God's people out of the wilderness, and he had been going for so long, and he says, God, would you please show me your glory? And God's like, no, you can't handle it, Moses. I know you think you can, but you, you really can't. And Moses begs him, and God eventually says to him, listen, I'm going to pass by you. I'm going to hide you in a rock, and I'm going to pass by. I'm going to shield you when I'm in front of you, because you can't, you can't see me like that. But then I'll take my hand off, and you'll be able to see. And sure enough, God hides him in a cleft of a rock, and he passes in front of him. And then God allows Moses to see his backside, to see the backside of God. And I, I want to show you that this is a prophetic sign of our relationship with God. Maybe you're like, I do not know where God is leading me. I do not know that God is in my life. I have no assurance that God has been with me. If you have received Christ as your Savior, this story in the book of Exodus unlocks how God reveals himself more often than not. We often can't see God right in front of us. We can't see God in the midst of a trial. We can't see God when we cry out, please show me you're with me. But if we look back, if we look back, we see the evidence. We see the evidence that God has indeed walked with us. He hasn't left us, been with us the whole time. Remember when John the Baptist was unsure if he got it right. He sends his disciples to go talk to Jesus and they ask him, Hey, listen, did we get it right? Are you the one or is there another one that's to come? And Jesus says, go tell John what you see. Tell him about what has happened. The blind see, the deaf hear. The poor have the good news preached to them. This recorded history with God and what he's done in our lives is supposed to be like a love bank that we get to draw from in times that are dry in our lives. But so many of us don't have a well to draw from because we've not put anything in that bank to remember what we had. Now, this is going to date me, but I remember when I was young, when you had a savings account, you had a little book they gave you. And every time you went to the bank, they would write in there how much you deposited and they would stamp it. And you'd have this little book that shows what you have put in the bank. And of course, it's all electronic now, but I think these books need to be kept in our relationship with God. And so I'm going to tell you in the next couple minutes how I maintain my God book. How I try to hear what he's saying today, but I keep a record of what he said in the past. Hear me. We don't want to dwell in the past, but we want to be aware of the past. I remember one day, a number of years ago, I tell this story that I stopped in the house that I grew up in. And I uh, knocked on the door, and these people had no idea why I was there. I said, listen, I grew up in this house. Is there any way I can just look around? Would you mind? And something funny happened. When I went into the house, it's a lot smaller than I remembered it. I remember the big hallway and the big rooms and the living room, and it all seemed really small when I went back. 
you see, as we get older and time goes on, our perception of the history changes. That's why we need a record of it. You know, we're all looking to achieve our dreams. We're all told to, you know, throw away the rearview mirror, just keep looking ahead, but that's not what the scripture actually tells us. I did a message on Elijah the prophet, and I went over this in detail, and I'll put a link to that in the description of this video of that series. Maybe you need to go back and watch that message series. But the prophets in Israel always had the same questions they were required to answer. Number one, where are we? Where are we in our relation to God's will? Am I in the middle of it? Do I even know? How did I get to where I'm at right now? What were the decisions that I made? What was the input? What led me to do the things that I have done that got me to where I am? And number three, the prophets had to ask for Israel, but we need to ask for ourselves, where are we going? Where am I going? Where am I going with my marriage? Where am I going with my finances? But more importantly, where am I going in my relationship with God? You may have no power over the past, but we have absolute authority over how we deal with the future. And we can't do that if we don't know where we are. And so I want to give you some tools to help you kind of track where you're at with God. Now, every day, I study the scriptures. I study it two ways. I study it informationally, where I read books of the Bible, and I study it devotionally, where I read three passages from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Psalms. And then I begin to pray. Now, I do my Bible study on Logos Bible software. You could do it in your Bible or however you want to do it. But as I do my devotional reading, I wait for God to jump out. I look at connection. I study words. If I am in a new part of the Bible, I study the history. How did Israel get here? When did this king get on the throne? What is the significance of this city? I don't just want to read and be ignorant. I want to know what it is I'm studying. And so in the links in, this, in the description of this video, I'll put a link to a video that I made on how to put together Bible study library, super cheap, free, under $50 and under $100. Now I have many, many, many books. I have a large library, both in print and even more digitally. I have almost 2,000. No, I have more than that now. I got a lot of books that I study uh, digitally and in hard copy. And I'll give you a link on how you can maybe do that in your life. But I read the Bible and I take notes in my Bible software on the scriptures that I read just so I can keep a record of it. What did I read today? What's going on today? Do that every day. And if you want to join me on that same reading plan, again, I'll put a link in the description to my website, carlthomas.net, where you can find the Bible study plan that I read every single day. I have it mapped out for 2024. You can take a look at it, read with me every day. All right. So I do that. I take notes on everything I'm supposed to take notes on, everything that pops up. And then I begin to pray. I pray through the Lord's Prayer. And if you want to learn how to pray through the Lord's Prayer like the Lord taught us, again, I'll put a link in the description to a teaching I did 
on the Lord's Prayer that you can watch pray the way God instructed us to pray. I pray through the Lord's Prayer, and then I pray through my prayer list. And after I pray through the Lord's Prayer, I pray through my entire prayer list for you, my family, for what's going on in my life, for what God has shown me in the past. I begin to journal. And I have a journal. I use the same type every week. I use the same pen. I like good paper. I like a good pen to journal with. And I begin to talk to God. I put the date. I put the location where I'm at. I begin to talk to God about what I've studied, what he's shown me. I ask questions. And what I find is in the journaling, God begins to talk to me. But you know what else I find out? I get distracted. And so I also, at the same time, I have a little pad. I put a little pad next to me, so if something pops into my head, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to return those shoes because they were the wrong size. No, I've got to think about what I'm supposed to be praying. No, no, I just write it on the pad. And I go back to praying. And then God tells me, hey, call this person this week. Oh, I write it on the pad. Now I don't have to be thinking about it and worrying about it. And I just thank God that he's interested in my day-to-day life. I write it on the pad. After I'm done praying, transfer everything from the pad into OneNote in my daily, where I put together my schedule every day, then I move on. So I have a journal that I keep every single day that I write in when I'm praying and I talk to God. And what I do is at the end of the year, I'll go through my journal and see what God has spoken to me that year. Now, I also periodically look back through my journal I track that electronically, things that I know God has told me to do, and I have a whole system that I do that, which isn't really important. If you want to know about it, maybe text me, I'll do a video on it, and I'll put it up. But I I go back and I look at my journal. So many people have years and years and years of journals, but they don't remember what God spoke to them. And so they don't actually get anywhere. In my marriage, Tracy and I... We celebrate anniversaries, of course, and we think about the year that we had. But we also pray together each night and we recap the day, thanking God for the things he did that day. We tell each other stories all the time. Hey, remember when we went on this vacation? Remember when we bought that first new car? Remember when we bought our home? Remember when we we tell stories all the time? We gather around the dinner table. We tell stories of things that God did in our lives. We're constantly retelling the story of our marriage to keep it fresh. We need to do the same thing with our relationship with God. We need to be serious enough that just like we nurture our marriage by putting things in that love bank that we can withdraw when times are tough. In our relationship with God, we need to be tracking those times that are amazing. So in those lean years, it has something to draw from. And so I'll go in my journal, I write it, and at the end, there's two times I generally go through my journal. When a journal ends, I'll go through the entire thing. And at the very beginning of it, I'll do an index and I'll list all the important dates. Also, at the end of the year, I'll go through my journal. I'll index it, all the important dates. So I can be aware of what God has spoken to me throughout the year. If we're going to go where God has us, we have to know where we are and how we got here. I hope this year... 
you'll look back, but you'll look forward and decide, maybe I need a Bible reading plan. Maybe I need to learn how to pray better. Maybe I need to begin journaling and keeping track of my relationship with God. Or maybe I just need to begin investing in my life a little bit more. Because when you look back without a record, the house looks big and spacious. But when you go back in real life, you get a better idea of what's really going on. This next next aspect of our relationship with God in 2023, I want to look at very briefly, is the lobby. What? Just stick with me. You know, so many of us want our Christianity to be fully measured by what happens in our study, what happens in our private time, the just me and God, my private relationship with Jesus, my personal relationship with Jesus, that this is between me and God and no one else. But the truth is, you cannot read the Bible and only see private relationship. You see elders, you see people that we pour into, we see people that we serve, we see the church that we're a part of. And for this purpose, I want to talk about our public life, what I'm calling our lobby life. What does your lobby life look like? The public part of your Christianity, the part where other people are looking at you. There's an old joke that says, if you were put on trial for being a Christian, what would be your evidence? This is what I'm talking about. What do the people in your life think about you? Would they know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Would they know that you've committed your life to being a disciple of the God who laid down his life for us? As you look back over 2023, how many people have you told your God story to? How many people know that you have a reason for your hope in Jesus? How many people have you invited to come into this life-altering relationship with the living God? I want us in this year, 2024, to maybe recommit ourselves. If, if our lobby life, if our life at work doesn't look like someone who has a ethical framework that comes from heaven, if our life around our family doesn't look like we have cultivated the fruit of the spirit, if our life around our friends don't make us look like a Barnabas who encourages people around us, if our life doesn't look like that we are part of the priesthood of believers, it's time to do something about that. It's time to make a decision that that is changing this year. I'm going to treat my children with the love that the Father treats me. I'm going to do the work of an evangelist in public. I am going to let my light so shine that people will see my good works and give glory to my Father in heaven. This is what I'm going to do in the lobby aspect of my life. I'm going to make sure that when people come into the lobby of my life, when I meet someone for the first time, when I come across a new coworker, when I have a new family member come in through marriage or through extended friendships, that I am going to let them know if you are looking for relationship with God, I can point the way. 
you might say, Pastor, listen, I'm, I'm not an evangelist like you, or I'm not an evangelist like Mike or Duke or Chelsea. I'm just, that's not, no, 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 no. We're each created in a way that we can share the hope that we have in Jesus. It is a lie of the devil that only some people are able to share this gift and others aren't. Maybe you're just a caretaker. Maybe you're just someone who loves people really well. Maybe you have decided, I need to tell people and I need to love them in a way that brings glory to Jesus. Maybe you just find hurting people and you make them cookies or you make them a meal and you write a little Bible verse in there that is encouraging to you and you gift that to them. Maybe you have a work of service and you know that you have an elderly neighbor who has a hard time taking care of their lawn and you just cut their grass and you just tell them, listen, I just want to show in a small way how God has been good to me. I don't need any money. Take it. Maybe you can help a single mother by doing some, just watching their child for free so they can go do grocery shopping without hassle. There's a billion ways that we can share the love of Jesus in the lobby of our lives. These aren't the people that we're with day to day, but the people who first see us, who first know us, how we can show them, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm changed. I'm not the person I was when I was young. I'm not like the rest of this world. I've actually given my life to Jesus. In the final part of our message here, I want to talk about our life before God in the sanctuary. So we have looked at the private part of our life of 2023, our study, what God's been speaking, how we've been living, our prayer life. Let's, we looked at the lobby part of our lives, how people who may not know us, when they come into our lives, do they know that we are a follower of Christ? And finally, I want to talk about our worship. Here we are in the worship center where we lift up the name of Jesus. We sing songs to God, but this isn't a private area. It's public worship. We were created to worship together with the people of God. First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul writes this. He says, what's the outcome then, brothers and sisters, when you assemble Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. All things are to be done for edification or building up. Man, I hope that when you think about Sunday morning church service, it goes beyond what do I feel like doing this week. I hope it goes to the point where you know we're counting on you to come to church built up, seeking God with a word of exhortation on your tongue. At the end of the Apostles' Creed, every single week there's people in this church who are waiting for someone who has spent time with God to lay hands on them and give them an impartation of hope. Give them a healing to to release the encouragement of God upon them. I'm trusting in this new year someone's going to come in Every week, and you're praying, Lord, tell me what the person on my left and my right needs from me as I go to lay hands on them. I come into this pulpit every single week having prayed, having having set aside the cares of the world, studying the Word of God, 
studying the lectionary, consulting with academics, consulting with lay leaders, talking, praying, looking at my life, just so that I can deliver the word of the Lord as the Lord has revealed it to me for the house of God. And I hope that when you come here on Sunday morning, you know that this worship team has been practicing all week so that they can lead you into the presence of God, so that you can encounter God with your brothers and your sisters. And then as we declare after giving our tithes and offerings, after attentively hearing what's happening in the church that week, we declare the historic faith once passed down for all the saints. And then we lay hands on one another. This may be the most important part of the entire church service for some of us in our community. And we need to be, we need to come ready ready to release the Holy Spirit, ready to release the word of prophecy, ready to release that word of encouragement. If you begin to pray, God may tell you, listen, I'm bringing you some money. Part of it is for the person who's going to sit on your left Sunday morning and you're going to get to change someone's life because you heard the word of the Lord for someone else. Oh, this is, this is far beyond just coming to church to be entertained. This is far beyond just, I'm going to go get a little Bible study so I can grow. No, no. This is the church being the church. As you look back on 2023, are you satisfied with how God has used you? I'm not. I feel a pull from Holy Spirit to know Him better and to make Him known. And I pray for you that you would lean in. You would hear God's true heart for the church of Jesus Christ. And you would choose to be part of that priesthood of all believers. Part of that prophethood of all believers. Part of the one carrying another person's burden. Friend, I am convinced that 2023 can be as great as you decide it has been. And 2024 will be as great as you're willing to hope. But if we don't look back and figure out where we've been, we're never going to get where God has us going. I believe this is a prophetic word for our house. I believe it's a prophetic word for you and for me. And for some of you, clarity is going to come in your life so that you can fulfill the purpose of God in a way that you've never seen in the past. I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank everybody who helped pull this service off, the worship team and everybody who's done editing and all that other good stuff. Thank you for being part of Revival Life Church. Thank you for loving Jesus, loving me, loving my family, loving our elders. I want to thank specifically Mike and Sue Rentler, our elders, who have been such a blessing to me and this church this year. I want to thank all of our ministry team directors. And I want to thank some of you who look back on your service in the church, and you know God is calling you to do more. If that's you, contact us. We'd love to get you plugged in, serving God in a way that the fruit multiplies in your life. Next Sunday, we're going to be right here live. God is going to speak to us through his word, and we are going to march into 2024 ready to seize the day. We love you. God bless you. Give us a a like, slap the like button here in the video, and I will see you in church. God bless. Bye-bye.